This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp. So no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training, this critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all those promises that you make to campers and parents through the rest of the year. Before we begin, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts. So Ruby, why don't we start with you and have you tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. I'm Ruby Compton. I am the Summer Camp Program Director at Green River Preserve. Uh, We are located on the 3,400-acre Private Wildlife Preserve uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains in western North Carolina. Uh, I'm working at a co-ed camp, uh, but have some insights to share, certainly, about Girls Camp as well. Great. Thank you. Gabrielle. My name is uh, Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at uh, Camp Waro. Camp Waro is an all-girls camp um, up in the Laurentians in Quebec, and uh, we run uh, a linguistic program. I'm very excited about the topic today. And I'm Beth Allison. I'm a camp consultant with Camp Hacker, and my years of experience come from directing uh, co-ed camps, but we also ran all-girls sessions, so we're really excited to be talking about this topic today, which is how to do staff training at an all-girls camp. So Ruby, why don't you tell us why we chose this topic? Sure thing. So there are lots of consistencies, no matter the type of camp where you are facilitating training. And my experiences have solely been in co-ed camps. I went to co-ed camps. Um, I've been director at co-ed camps. But my perspective somewhat comes in from, I went to an all-girls high school. And the reality that I found there immediately was that the classroom environment and experience was different. It was different from being in that co-ed environment. And so what we want to address today a little bit is highlight some of those differences of girls camp um, and how do we train our staff to make the most of those differences. Excellent. So why don't we jump right in? Um, Our first question that we want to talk about is why do parents or families choose a single gender camp environment and what sorts of benefits uh, can be seen there? So Gabrielle, you're the expert in this topic area. Why don't you start us off? I think, uh, thank you. Well, I, I think basically a lot of the times what parents, there's a couple of school of thoughts. Um, some parents are happy uh, to send their girls to an all-girls camp because they don't want them uh, at a residential camp to be around boys. And I think that this is a little bit of a lack of education on the parent side in the sense that uh, a very good co-ed camp, uh, having boys around doesn't pose any threat and it doesn't pose... Uh, any any uh, issues that they might come up with in their own mind, their own fears. And so sometimes it's based on on a protection of their daughter. And, and again, I think that that's a little bit of a, of a misconception and miseducation on the parents' part. Um, on another note, however, uh, the families that choose our camp, I think for the most part, is that they fall, they're interested in having uh, role models um, for the girls, and, and sometimes what happens is that unintentionally we fall into gender roles uh, no matter where we are. So, so you know, building a fire, that might be, you know, 
a man that would, would take over that role. Um, being a little bit more of a caregiver might be a female staff member that takes over that role. These are very stereotypical um, um, ideas, but in, in this sense, what they're, what they're really looking for is, is that our staff members really do everything. They're the clown up on stage. They're the person that's solo uh, carrying their canoe, and um, you know they're the ones that are also teaching them how to communicate with each other. And uh, we do know that girls um, have some difficulty sometimes communicating, expressing their true feelings. And uh, women staff members are very ideal for helping them to do that. I also just want to preface by saying I think co-ed camps are extremely beneficial. And I'm not saying that because uh, I'm trying to cover my rear end. I'm saying it because I think it's very, very nice for women to see men in caring roles, for women to see men having those clear boundaries um, because you, we know that girls get crushes on, uh, you know, male staff members and, and them having, you know, those clear boundaries, uh, them being sincere and also letting the female staff members build the fires and, and carry the canoes, I think has a very, very powerful message. So I, I really want to say that I think it really depends for, for families what their values are. And, uh, and, but there's, there's, there's a lot of really beautiful stuff at co-ed camps, equally so at, uh, at same-sex camps. Great. Thanks. Ruby, what have you got to add to that? Sure. Uh, I just have to echo everything that Gab just said. I think it's so spot on. And um, my really close coworker, my you know other half in camp, um, grew up at an all-girls camp and was working there uh, prior to her coming to Green River. And the thing that is so incredible about her that I love is that she has the can-do attitude that is just incredible. I mean, it's anything, everything, it can get taken care of. And if it's changing a tire, if it's building this thing, if it's um, you know, helping this, the staff member who's having a hard time, she is empowered to do all of those things. And that was certainly a message that I have heard at girls camps and girls school all across that empowerment is there, is real. Um, take ownership of it. You can do all these, all of these things. Um, for me, one of the, the things that I found going into an all girls environment was I was the kid in elementary and middle school who was friends with only boys. And I, you know, I, they were chasing me around on the playground and I was sitting on a swing set with all the boys and playing football and all of those things. And so being in a, an uh, all-female environment forced me to learn how to make friends with girls. And I think that that's a skill. Uh, and learning how to work with females um, in a productive and great way, I think a lot of times we can be set up in culture and society um, to be incredibly competitive and to judge each other based on artificial things. And so to be in an environment where it's your only option. <laughs> and so you've, you've got to make friends with these folks and learn how to do it. Um, it, it certainly showed me how to relate to other females uh, and how to become friends with them. And granted, when I first started at that high school, like I became friends with all the other girls who had only ever been friends with boys. <laughs> and we all kind of flocked together, right? Um, but I think that that's, that's really key is that skill of learning how to make friends and how to be a friend um, is, is so critical. And what I've seen so strongly from the people that I know that have grown up in girls camp, that, that they really get that and they really cherish those bonds that they've made. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I also think that some females, so as Gab was saying, it's sort of up to you as a a parent or a family member to decide uh, what's best for your daughter. 
uh, and what camp she would best fit in at. But I think there are some families and certainly some campers who feel more comfortable at an all-girls camp um, for the reasons that we've already heard, but also I think that they often feel that they can take more risks without fear of judgment uh, by the opposite sex. So that can often sort of create a maximum participation uh, in camp life, and it really helps to build their self-esteem. I've had campers... uh, who have told me that they continue to come to the girls' session we used to run rather than move over to the co-ed, even when they were teenagers, because they found that uh, in their thinking, girls of 13, 14, 15 might spend far too much time at camp on hair and makeup and drama um, rather than on just being at camp. So for them, they enjoyed that part of of girls' camp. And I think an all-girls' camp can reinforce the best parts of being a girl. Um, And certainly all males' camp do that as well. And we'll be talking about that in some future episode. But um, I think once you know who you are as a female, you can then positively interact um, with people of the opposite sex. So for some girls, it's a nice chance to be able to do that, to become confident in your abilities um, and sort of your sense of self. And girls at an all-girls camp can explore their strengths, which campers can do at any camp, um, but they're not constrained by those gender stereotypes, as Gab was saying earlier on. Um, The other thing that I think is important to note is that a girl's self-confidence usually drops at puberty, where a boy's of the same age experiences when they see often a a boost in self-confidence. So it's a critical time for girls to have a safe haven in which they can grow and learn. And I think that for some girls, an all-girls camp is the best place to do that. So that's sort of our introduction to the topic, and we're going to get into a bit more uh, now in some questions. But... Gab, what do you stress when you're conducting training at an all-girls camp? How could that maybe be different from training that you would do at an all-boys camp or at a co-ed camp? Uh, yeah, I, I think that basically what it comes down to <clears throat> primarily is um, you want to highlight some of the stereotypes that you have um, that girls have, mm-hmm. especially as working in a team, and uh, want to address those things. So, for example, uh, very easily, uh, and I, I get this all the time from, from people that I meet. Um, but basically when I say I run an all girls camp, I get, you know, a couple of reactions, but none of them are positive. They're usually like, wow, how can you, you know, that's a lot of, you know, uh, cat fights probably going around, or I could never do that. Uh, there, there must be, you know, there's some very negative reactions. I never get this sort of like, wow, that's amazing. How, uh, how, you know, how do you do, you know, what's wonderful about your camp it's it's really a always a sarcastic not always sarcastic but usually sort of more of a terrified uh you know reaction and so the reason because of that is because in in society and i don't want to get too too heavy on the society part because we're talking about training but in society women are very much portrayed on television as when there's a group of women, they're catty, uh, they don't know how to communicate, they're backstabbing. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. And when you're putting a staff together, you first need staff members to acknowledge that this is a, that this is a stereotype. But because it is a stereotype, it's also lived. And you can talk to any woman um, at any age, doesn't matter what generation she's from, She'll talk to you about a time when a bunch of girls were mean to her and how that made her feel and how that made her feel reserved. And when you want a, st- when you want a team of women to work well together, we need to acknowledge sort of that aspect of it. And we also have to acknowledge that 
that's a struggle and we all have our, our history with it and what, whatever our, our reality with that history was, but we all have that history with us. But our goal is to, um, be better. And our goal is to teach our campers how to deal with these emotions of frustration, anger, upsetness, hurt. Mm. Um, and so you basically want our, our, our mission is to, uh, is to make sure that our staff members first acknowledge that this is portrayed onto a lot of women. And second, that, uh, that we all agree that we have tools that we need to use and we have to teach our campers those tools as well. And I think that, I think when you paint a picture where, uh, staff members can, can sort of join and, and understand that this is something that they can be part of, a mission, uh, a goal, um, it's inspiring. And if you say this is going to be a lot of work and it's hard, but it's possible, I think that you're going to get the best out of your staff members. So th- that's something that we really talk about is sort of our cause. And our cause is for to create a positive girl community, but teach campers how to do that. And we teach the lessons on how to do that. And it first comes with, um, and I say this often, but validating feelings. And a lot of times girls are told um, it's not that big of a deal or uh, they put down you're being dramatic or they, their feelings are put down. And, uh, we want to, to teach staff members to first and say, first and foremost say, tell me more about what you're feeling. I want to hear, I want to hear what you sound very upset and just teaching them those tools at the beginning and saying your feelings are important. And then we flip that also, not just with positive girl community, but for our young campers and our staff members to feel confident and strong to say no when they need to say no. Uh, and say, I'm not comfortable with this. And so it's, it's, it, it seems heavy and it seems sort of deep, but the reality is that our reality is that our young university students aren't very safe. Um, girls aren't very safe and we want to, we want to make sure that we give them the tools to know how to support each other and also know how to, uh, stand up for themselves and stand up for others. And so that's our mission basically. And, and we hire staff that are behind it and, we all agree that we are making, we're doing the best that we can as we do it. And every year we, we try to get better. So if we start with something like that, then everything stems from there. So it's acknowledging your own feelings, learning how to express yourself and also trying to teach that to the campers. Awesome. That's awesome. Thanks. Ruby. I think one of the biggest things that you must do, um, and it's true for every camp, uh, but I think you address it a little bit differently. So you have to do community building. And as I was talking to some of my friends that are directors in girls camp or who went to girls camp, um, that in so many ways makes or breaks that camp community is if that staff team views themselves as a team or if they're just trying to do each do better than the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't do you any good, right? Uh, and I saw that in school and, again, hearing about it in camps that when you get girls together, they are very competitive, or at least they're going to be some that are extremely competitive. Uh, and I think it's heightened in, in an all-girls environment. Um, so making that very clear that this is not about being 
better than one another or, um, you know, you always getting the pat on the back. It is about this whole team and, and that's not the sort of thing that's going to be tolerated, that it's, it, that it is a community and we all have to build each other up and your neighbor's success is as important, uh, as your own and helping everybody experience that. We had a, a great, um, saying at my last job called share the cool. And so taking that time when a staff member is like, Oh, you're really cool. And you can say, Oh, you know, but I really learned all of that from Janie and she taught me all those fun games and just building the other staff members up is, is I think so key. Um, one of the programs that we ran as an evening program at the YMCA camp where I worked, uh, which I loved, and it had so much potential, and I think we didn't totally reach it. So somebody out there, I hope, will take this program and make it great, or maybe you're already doing it really well. Uh, we had a program called Girls Night In. So we ran most of our evening programs there separate. Um, so the boys had a program and the girls had a program. Um, and we did a few together, but not many. But this one was a night when we had all the girls come to the lodge, where to the dining lodge. Uh, they could come in their pajamas if they wanted to. Um, and generally it started off with just like general chaos. I mean, there was music playing, there would be board games out. Um, we'd have some sort of sweet treats and, you know, fruit and things like that. So they could make, you know, ice cream sundaes or eat cookies or whatever. And, and kind of the message of like, just play and, and be a girl and have fun. And I remember sitting there watching that program and, you know, we're blaring Taylor Swift and the kids are, and it's the staff too. They're uh, on stage and they're just singing together and jumping up and down and dancing around. And you just see this like joy and smiles. And every time I saw that happen, I just remember thinking this is, this program is right. Like this is a great program for these girls to get to do, to just kind of let go and play and, and just be with each other and scream at the top of your lungs and um I loved that piece so much. And then we would often um, tie in some ways of maybe telling the story of an incredible woman in history. Mm. Uh, a lot of times we would end that program with all the girls getting a sheet of paper and some time and some markers, and they got to draw what kind of woman they wanted to be. And again, our staff members did it as well as our campers. And so then they would get in smaller groups and just share. And it could be an abstract drawing. It could be a specific drawing. Um, but that was something we wanted them to take away with them. It's just take some time to think about what it is you want to grow into. And it it was a cool opportunity for our counselors to role model and share, you know, these are some of the cool experiences I've had. These are some of the places I want to go. Um, and, and sometimes even to, to explain some neat passions that maybe the, the kids didn't get to know that they had, you know, that might be one of the only times that the staff really talked about what it was they were majoring in at school or cool travels abroad that they had done. Um, and, I just, I loved that program so much. And we really actually struggled with getting a program that was as meaningful for the boys. Mm. Um, but it, it was just, I think, so fun. And, and the sense of community that did end up happening, um, again, with just a little bit of music and um, some some free time and kind of that, that notion of no boys allowed, we're going to just play and have fun, um, was, was really cool. So... Um, yeah, girls night in cool evening program. And, and then I know that, um, Travis and Beth and, and their camp directing experiences, they have had some time when they would separate out the male staff and the female staff and do some specific work with them. And I think that's really smart. Um, so I can only imagine, you know, what great impact that could lead, lead to. So running a program like girls night in maybe during a staff training, whether you're at a girls camp or a code camp, I think could be really effective. Nice. 
And I think before you even start to think about the kind of topics that you need to run at uh, training for an all-girls camp, you need to really hire staff intentionally. Obviously, we talk about that all the time, but with a broad range of interests who are really involved in school or community work and um, who have a willingness to take on challenges and bend those gender stereotypes so that you can offer your campers really great role models. Because as Gab said, we want to teach them that girls and women can do anything, anything that they set their minds to. Um, we always stress the importance uh, at training of empowering girls and young women to participate and not be spectators, um, which we know tends to really happen to girls around that tween time in their lives. Um, we focused on being excellent role models, and so we, we really laid that out, what that meant. So things like no negative self-talk. Um, staff was never allowed to speak that way. We, talked, uh, we did sessions about loving our bodies, about uh, role modeling how to eat healthy meals and snacks and not sitting down as a female counselor and saying, I'm eating salad because I'm too fat. Um, you know, we... Uh, we focused on... Saying, That's a big no-no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, teaching them to say, you know, not to, to make sure campers weren't saying that, oh, I'm so stupid or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at this, um, but helping them reframe that. We focused a lot on, um, we did sessions on bullying because girl bullying is very different from boy bullying. Um, and for us, um, when we were running our all-girl sessions, we still had male staff on site. So um, it was important that they understood all of that too. Um, we really worked on sessions about teaching girls that they have choices in life um, because sometimes they think that they don't. Um, a lot of our training went into teaching staff how to have great conversations with campers. Um, so you're not just role modeling it, but you're also actually talking about stuff. So, um, you know, talking about healthy relationships and not focusing on romantic stuff. Um, teaching campers how to set goals um, and really working with them through that, through the time that they were there. Because we all know that that sort of inner beauty critic moves in by the age of self of 14, younger nowadays, um, and it really erodes self-esteem. So um, we talked a lot about how girls and women feel a pressure to be pretty or um, you know, to look good um, and what we can do to combat that. We talked about being confident in your own skin and joyful about who you are. Um, so we were very intentional about that. These weren't just sort of theories. We talked about that, how to give them uh, examples of that, how to uh, run sessions with their kids. Um, and I think, as Ruby said, um, it's really important that you run those kinds of sessions for your staff as well so that you're having some time apart with your female staff um, where they can talk about these kinds of issues too because even though they may be in university now, they're still dealing with all of those feelings um, and pressures and uh, giving them time apart when campers are not around to do that is important. So building that time um, into your training I think is important so that um, these issues don't hinder their potential uh, and their self-esteem. So that's sort of what we did in, very intentionally in staff training for, for all of our staff, male included. Uh, and we obviously did the reverse for the boys as well. But it was important that males understood the female psyche a little bit better. And they were always really grateful um, for that information. Uh, <laughs> Gav, are there uh, any specific words, phrases, activities, those kinds of things that you use at WARO to really help shape girls' camp? 
Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, the one where you specific is very important. And I like to use, um, Michael Brandwine's Westie, um, which is basically an acronym for warm smile, eye contact. Oh gosh. Shake hands. <laughs> Tell, <laughs> Tell them something them you know. And, inter- yeah. and introduce them to somebody else. Oh, good job. You guys. I got, good I just, job. <laughs> I'm going to give myself 10 points. So, uh, <laughs> so Basically, I, so a lot of girls don't actually get their hands a shake. I think this is great, first and foremost, I think this is a great session that everybody should do because it teaches your staff members how to be confident, mm-hmm. say hi to uh, families that are dropping off their kids and also to the, to the young um, campers. But specifically for girls, I think it's a wonderful lesson to learn is how to shake a hand. And there was some study, I think, and I really wish I could find it. I was sort of looking for it while we were chit-chatting, but um, I think it was from Harvard or somewhere, some sort of business university in the States that did this study about women shaking hands and how many times they had their hands shaken between the age of, you know, very young until about 12 years old. And I think for young girls, it was something like silly, like 12, 12 or 20 times and boys it was something that was you know ridiculous like definitely over 200 times their hands were shaken and then they say by the time they go to the first interview men know how to shake their hands they know how the proper amount of strength to shake hands and it does give a first impression and a lot of time girls give sort of that wet fish <laughs> floppy hand thing and they don't know how to do it it shows a little bit of lack of confidence and i think what it is just lack of skill and um so we, we teach our, our staff how to do that, and then we teach our campers how to do that. And we teach our returning campers how to welcome new campers. And when we're, and this is something we started doing because of the girl community, we wanted to purposely say people are welcomed here. And whether you're a boy or a girl, it doesn't matter. When there's somebody else that's new, sometimes you, you're, it's very few of us that are like, hello, let me show you around. Mm-hmm. That's a small percentage. For the most part, especially on first day, you want to be with your friends, you're sort of feeling a little shy, a little awkward, um, and or you're just kind of excited to see other people, and you, you unintentionally ignore uh, the, the new campers. And so if you want to create a positive girl community, you have to actually build in uh, into, your, into your system ways of doing that. So we bring in our campers early, and uh, we teach them how to welcome, and we also talk to them, like, you know, how do you want to make somebody feel how how can we do that where are some actions to do we get our 15 year olds and our 14 year olds to help out to teach our our younger nine ten year olds which is really really awesome to watch um and it's just me and the campers which is very nice too so we just have our own little group meeting and and we talk about and the families bring them in two hours earlier before the new campers so that and they understand that that's what we're doing for them um some of the phrases that we use are um that we decide not to use i think you brought it up beth was sort of Giving um, staff members tools on how to speak when they're at the dining room is very, very important. Mm. Uh, unintentionally, we do say things like, I ate way too much today, or um, I'm only going to have this, or, oh, no, no, I don't eat bread. This is really damaging to uh, to a lot of young girls, and we don't even realize that that's happening. Right. Um, so things like, instead of just ignoring what you're... you're um, you're feeling, you can say, I ate just enough to feel quite full. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not, it's not about, again, like what we're saying is you want to validate your feelings. So it's not ignoring. That's what we don't want girls to do. We don't want them to ignore it, but we want them to vocalize it. Um, And it's also teaching them how to talk to other campers. So when camper says like, 
wow, you know, I ate way too much. Um, you engage in a conversation about that. What does that mean to you, eat too much? Is that, you know, and she's like, well, and you actually sort of help them walk through it. And um, so sort of just teaching them those type of things. So we talk about, you know, how to, what to say at the dining room. Um, and then there's the uh, I can't yet. So there's a lot of yeah. I can'ts. Uh, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of I can't, I can't. And, so, and we try and we help them say I can't yet. And that shifts them from the spectator to the participant, as you said, Beth. Um, let, let's try. Let's, let's do it. Let's try. Because they're so nervous to be socially ridiculed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, there's a lot of things with girls where it, it's, all, it's really about the social. And where if you shift it a little bit with boys, it's a little bit more about the experience. And um, there was also another study where... Uh, the gym teacher put a basketball in the middle of the of a court, and boys came in. They picked up the basketball and started playing. And the next group came in, basketball in the middle of the court, and girls came in. They sat down around it and talked. And um, which is which is fine. We want girls to talk, but if we want them to participate, it has to be socially not frightful. So just standing there with a basketball by yourself is extremely. Uh, it's like there's a, there's a pressure point on you, mm. eyes and judgment. So we have a basketball net, but we also have a lot of tether balls. And for girls, if you're just standing and pushing a ball around, there's the post, nobody's really judging you. You have something to do, it's just pushing a ball. Those things are extremely helpful for girls to, to do on their own. And then other people come, it sort of becomes like a social um, gathering area. So... If you do want people to do things, you also have to set your camp up so that girls are feel comfortable to participate and not feel like a little bit of a social outcast. So, um, you know, those are just a couple of things that, that I've picked up over the years. Great. Thank you. Cool. Ruby. Uh, okay, so I want to add on to a couple of things that Gab said. Uh, so I also totally stole the Zoic handshake <laughs> session this summer, and we did that. And one of my favorite parts of it was I, I actually challenged the staff. I kind of paired them up and said, all right, one of you is going to have a really great handshake, and one of you is going to have a really terrible handshake, and you got to deal with that situation. And so they decided who that was going to be, and they practiced and whatever else. And then they went and found other people. So sometimes you had terrible handshake meeting up with another terrible handshake. And then, like, what do you do in that moment. And it was really entertaining to watch. So I recommend it's a, you know, five minute activity, but so solid. Um, I've also seen a, an activity. It's one of the raccoon circle games called islands where there are several raccoon circles that are set out. You're talking about inclusion on that first day. Um, great activity for, you know, your first day of staff training. Um, you have these raccoon circles set out in an area and you say, you know, however many, uh, groups of people, you know, four or five or seven or 10 or whatever have to get in those circles. Uh, but once you're in the raccoon circle, your goal is to look around and see if anybody else is left out. And if they are, your whole team is saying, come here, come join us. We want you with us. Come here, come here, come here. So it doesn't actually really matter how your numbers end up. It just matters that nobody gets left out. And I love that concept of a game. And I think there are other games you can incorporate that concept into of, you know, yeah, maybe you've achieved the goal, but immediately you are looking for who is left out and just starting to tune them into uh, that idea. Um, 
I think a, a couple of, of great phrases that I got from um, one of my dear friends, Marisa, who's at Keystone Camp for Girls. Uh, one of the things that I think she does that is super smart, and I could see doing this at, at, at every camp, uh, is she specifically asks her staff during staff training, how do you best take feedback? And she actually has them, I think, fill out a sheet of paper uh, that says, you know, okay, yeah, um, I, I, it's better one-on-one or, you know, compliment me first or just give it to me direct. Um, and so they have that information. And so when there is something that comes up, you know, they've had a chance to review that. But if there's a really big, long conversation that needs to happen, they can pull out that sheet of paper and kind of go, okay, this is how we need to set up this conversation to make them the most comfortable. Um, obviously, you can't necessarily do that every single time, but I think that that's really smart. I think in that conversation or when they ask that question, they also ask, what do you look like when you're stressed? Um, so that, that they can help cue each other on, um, you know, this person is having a bad day, but we don't all show it the same way. Um, so I think that that's really smart. And she also talked about, um, this year using the phrase, put on your own oxygen mask. So, you know, when you're on the plane, they talk about, um, you know, if you're traveling with small children or people who need assistance, put on your own oxygen mask first. Um, and putting your needs first, um, that, that, that is an okay thing to do. And we are in a, a, um, situation where there are lots of opportunities to put others needs ahead of your own. And it's something you're absolutely going to have to do, but it doesn't do you any good. Like we talked about on our, on our building, our leadership team podcast, it doesn't do you any good to have that person who says, well, I stayed up all night and I did this and blah, blah, blah. And is kind of righteous about it. You know, that doesn't do you any good at all. Um, but she, you know, one of the things Marisa said is this summer there was a point when the phone's ringing, you know, she's getting ready to leave for a time off and hasn't left yet. And it's like, well, I'll just do this one thing. And one of her other leaders looked at her and said, put on your oxygen mask. She was like, you're right. I'm going to leave. Um, so I think that, that that's a really cool um, set of words that um, I think can be particularly applicable in, a, in an all-girl environment. Absolutely. And I think in all things in camping, and we say this all the time, you just have to be incredibly intentional um, before you set up training and think about this, think this stuff through. For me, uh, I was incredibly passionate and still am about working with young women. And um, I certainly felt as strongly about uh, developing our, our male campers and our male staff, but obviously I'm not qualified to do that. So, um, had Travis work on that or other senior male staff members. Uh, but for me, it was all about shaping the development of the self-esteem of our female campers and our female staff. So my goal was to develop really strong, confident females who could empower not only themselves, but one another. And I found that working with campers of all ages and with young women as well, it was all about language and giving them the right words and the language to empower themselves and to make good choices. Um, because we know that like by sort of that middle school time, more boys want to lead than girls want to lead. Um, and, you, and if you ask girls why they don't want to lead, if you kind of have those conversations, so whether it's like at camp or it's on a school project or running for a school office or something, it's because they don't want to be called bossy. Um, and they don't want to be disliked for being bossy. Um, so changing that conversation and changing those words to leader rather than bossy, um, you know, and encouraging them to be strong. 
it was always important for me also to work with women. I think Gab said this already, but um, helping them learn to say no. So I think that's probably part of the um, oxygen mask thing too. Um, but is overcoming that internal good girl, you know, I, I'm going to be the good girl and I'm going to say yes to everything um, and claiming those boundaries um, as they grow older. Another big thing that I used to say to female staff all the time was don't settle, never settle. Um, you are worth more than that. And when I retired um, and they had this incredible evening of celebration for me, which was uh, still one of my favorite nights of my whole life. Um, at one point, all the female staff stood um, all over the room one at a time and read what I had taught them. And um, it was different things that they put in, but almost every one of them put in she taught me not to settle. And so partway through the evening, my son leaned over in my ear and went, I bet the next one's going to say you taught her not to settle. Uh, because it was just this theme that kept coming up. Um, and I was so grateful that they grasped that and the importance of that um, and to know that they're worth more than that. Um, and because it's me, I love words, so I loved quotes. Um, so I was always putting quotes um, up at camp. Um, and now that you have Pinterest, oh my gosh, there's no excuse not to, because um, I didn't have that when I was directing. But we would hang them everywhere, like in the wash house, in the shower stalls, in the cabins, in the activity buildings. Um, and I would change them up all the time so it wasn't the same ones, so that every day I had um, campers looking for what the new quotes were. And they were always empowering and building self-esteem and building community um, was always really um, key so that they had those kinds of conversation starters. And if they were early to flag, uh, you know, they could see them on the walls of the lodge and, and sort of talk about that. Um, a big thing for me was always making sure that we called our staff, female staff, women and not girls. Um, because, you know, after 18 at the absolute oldest uh, we diminish our power by calling ourselves girls. And we would have long conversations with that because a lot of female staff wanted to be a girl and liked being a girl. So we would have those conversations about why it's good, why it's bad, all those sorts of things. Um, and helping campers and staff understand that empowerment means not competing against each other, but supporting each other um, was really key for me. And years and years ago, I was at a camping conference and a woman named Joanne Cates from Camp Erewhon um, who is just a cool lady. Um, she walked into a room. We were all excited about this session and she came in like jeans and this ratty old t-shirt and she sat cross-legged on the desk at the front of the session room with no notes, nothing. And I kind of went, okay, <laughs> what's this going to be about? And it was one of the best hours I'd ever spent. And, um, she had a program called girl circles. And, um, so she very incredibly intentional camp director, Joanne Cates, um, had developed a program where, counselors would sit down with their cabin of girls and have an hour long session at least once a week talking about different topics that was curriculum that she developed and taught her staff how to do. So, um, she was so gracious and gave me her program. Uh, and then over the years I developed that further so that it was specific for us. Uh, and, I, we called it the X games. So XX, uh, for our chromosome. Um, and I ran those sessions with female staff, with female lits, um, and with our older female campers. So I found um, sort of around the age of 12 was a good time to start that program. Um, but it was offering, uh, and we did do them for younger girls as well, but we found uh, that age group 12 on to be a bit better. But it was offering a safe place for 
having those really hard discussions about issues that girls and women face. And there were very specific rules, like what happens in X Games stays in X Games. Um, you know, there were, you had to support one another and there was no judging allowed. There was no male bashing allowed. You know, it was all those kinds of things. So we were very specific about that. And while X Games were happening, our male staff and male campers, male LITs were going through mail call. So that was um, their uh, opportunity to do the same thing, but obviously it was led by Travis and, and male staff. Um, and I think that it was really important. Like we had really good conversations and talking about what they deal with um, in, the, in the outside world because camp is different. I mean, if you're running it right, camp should be different. Um, and so we would talk about those unrealistic images of women in the media, um, you know, and again, uh, using language and changing language. So, you know, I did a session where I showed them slide after slide of images of women who were stereotypically labeled, um, you know, slutty or trashy or fat or ugly or all those kinds of words that, um, often they are, uh, labeled in the media and, uh, get them to write down their first thought with each picture that came out. And there was nothing wrong. There was no wrong answers. Um, and they didn't necessarily share them out loud, but then we would go back and watch the slideshow again. And I had them now say something positive about the image that they saw. So um, instead of seeing a woman who was, you know, not thin enough by industry standards, they would instead notice her beautiful smile or, you know, her really thick hair. And, oh, I wish I had hair like that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, we would also talk, uh, teach the staff how to talk about TV shows or movies, uh, you know, shows like Teen Moms or The Bachelor um, or, you know, things like that, how to have those discussions with their campers so they can talk about what the shows focus on and what's actually really important in life um, and how to teach kids to give compliments um, to each other so that it's not just focused on their appearance. So it's not like, oh, you look really nice or you're really pretty, but rather, wow, you're a really fast runner or you're excellent at math or, you know, their skills rather than their physical appearance was a big thing I found um, when working with young women. Um, we have a whole lot to combat in our culture, particularly for females. And I know um, with discussion with my male staff, they're finding more and more of that as well. Um, so we just have to be extremely intentional about it. And we held X games for our staff and mail call, uh, during leadership training one evening as, um, Ruby was suggesting. And then we did it once a week throughout the summer as well. So we built time into our schedule, um, to be able to do that. But we also did it once a week, uh, with our, uh, older campers too. So, um, it was just being incredibly intentional and thinking about those things because, the safety of camp and the beauty of camp is that you can be yourself and you can be the person that you were meant to be, but then you still have to go home and you still have to go back to school and you still have to deal with the fact that not every other place is like summer camp, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so one of the best conversations we ever had with X Games was near the end of the summer, I would have our younger female staff who were maybe going back for their last year of high school or just going into university um, hear from or ask questions of the more senior staff who were 24, 25, 26, and ask them about how did you cope with this or how did you get over this? Um, and having them share that advice was often really powerful. Uh, I mean, I could have shared it too, but, um, you know, I haven't been 24 in a really long time. So uh, it was uh, really powerful coming from them. Gav, have you got anything else you'd like to add? 
It was awesome. I was taking so many awesome notes down. <laughs> Though that is my role for the podcast. That is your so. role. You are the <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a couple of things um, to sort of add on it when you're talking about X Games where there's no mail bashing. I think it's important to understand that any place where you have um, sort of a same-sex environment, so all girls or all men, it's not for the exclusion of the other sex. It's for the focus of um, the, the similar gender that you're, you're working with. And, and I think that, um, I think that when you're in a co-ed situation, sometimes when you're in an all girls environment, the, the, the obvious thing that's missing are the men. And so that's where the focus of the conversation tends up, tends to, to go towards. And so being intentional, intentional about your topics, are, are very, very important. So, for example, mother-daughter relationships. That's a topic we throw out. Mm. Just put that topic out there. Mother-daughter relationships. Let's talk about it. And and there'll be some beautiful insight. And by using that as a as a topic, we're refocusing onto sort of female-focused um, uh, experiences. And one of the, the other things that, that I, I tell all of my staff members and staff training um, is that um, you are responsible for your own happiness. And that's about giving women power. It's about saying you're in charge of you. So if you're upset with the situation uh, or you're down or you're unmotivated, that's your responsibility. My responsibility is to listen to you and help you problem solve how to get yourself out of it. I can't do that for you. And sometimes um, when we're in a community where we're more... Uh, you know, not participants and more an audience member, we're more like, fix this for me, help me, you know, and I will help you, but I, I can't change how you're feeling. You can. We can do that together. So I, I always start with that. And this is for new people and young staff members, this is a big shock. This is like, wait, what? Especially <laughs> staff members that were campers with us and CITs with us, our role was to like motivate them and get them going, but, but I let that, that up be up to them. And so when they do come to me with frustrations or I hear about frustrations that they have and I approach them, I say, we talk about what were some of the things that they're hesitant from coming forward and how come and what were those blocks and let's try to shift that next time when that happens. Um, and something that Warrow's always really, really enjoyed and we totally, uh, with all respect, borrowed this from um, Beth and Travis from, uh, from Karen, but they have um, the four S's and it's fantastic in its community um, contract of, you know, behavior and understanding, you know, how to treat one another and giving a tool to make your own decisions. Um, Beth, do you, do you remember what the, the, uh, the, <laughs> self, the self-esteem one? Um, and does it build self-esteem is one does of the it build self questions. Yeah. And I'll just read what mine says. Um, are all my actions promoting positive self-esteem? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> huh, where did I get that from? Uh, so, so when it comes to girls, a lot of the time uh, you could have three girls that are sort of standing in a circle talking to each other. They're not being rude to the one girl that's sitting, you know, you know, three feet away. Um, but when when staff talk to them and say, you know, what is this promoting self self esteem? They're saying we're not excluding her. We're not being bullies. These are terms that they've learned a lot at school and. Uh, and bullies mean I'm doing a negative action towards some, somebody. We're not excluding, we're just standing here, but we're focusing it back onto the entire community. But, but are you building her self-esteem? 
And this is starting to sink in with a lot of our campers. Now that they've been here for a while, their circle sort of automatically opens up. And maybe that kid just wants to read the book by the tree. Let, let her be. It's fine. She doesn't have to be part of everything. But at least she feels welcomed. Right. And it shows that we have a responsibility. Um, um, and, and I think that the, that type of build, uh, po- you know, promoting positive self-esteem is an extremely important thing. Instead of don't bully, don't be exclusive, be inclusive, sort of is it promoting something. So um, I love everything you guys were saying. It's beautiful. And this, okay, last thing, <laughs> last thing. I think this is important that this is not, it's not a podcast for only all girls, uh, camps. This is a podcast about for camps that have women staff members. Mm-hmm. You may have a male, all male staff member, um, camp. And if you do and you're listening to the podcast, like kudos to you, uh, that's impressive. But maybe you have three or four female staff members on camp. What kind of programs can you, can you run for them? What kind of sentences do you want to teach them? What kind of sentences do you want to teach your male staff members? Um, you know, those type of things, all of this is, is so that we just have a a clear understanding of where women are coming from, where young girls are coming from and where we want them to go. That's what this is about. It's not about an isolated environment and how do we keep this isolated environment happy? It's about how do they take what they've learned at camp and bring it outside. And I think equally teaching our men this information is important, but providing a safe place for our girls is equally important so they can explore these sort of new boundaries that we're trying to provide for them. Awesome. Ruby, do you have anything else to add or? Just one little thought. I read a book um, not too long ago uh, about raising girls and some of the research that was um, there. And one of the things that it pointed out that I totally saw, I fell into this trap because I have two nieces and a nephew. And when I interact with them, we tend to rescue girls a lot more quickly. And so, you know, my niece would come to me and say, help me tie my shoe. And I was like, okay. And I'd tie her shoe. And my nephew would come to me and say, help me tie my shoe. And I'd say, oh, see if you can figure it out. And that's very common. And it's a really easy trap to fall into. And so it made me very aware of it all of a sudden. Um, and so that was something that, I mean, like held the mirror up and, and made me realize, oh, okay, I need to, to make sure I'm asking that question, well, why don't you try three more times? Or why don't you try this? Or have you tried this? Um, providing some coaching. Um, I had a coworker that uh, in her outdoor ed job, she used to say if somebody came and asked her a question, especially if it was information she had gone over, she would say, well, why don't you ask three other people? And if you still can't find the answer, then come back to me. Um, and I, and there's that social piece, right? Like then they're getting to go walk around and kind of ask that question. Um, so just, just keeping that in mind, um, and, and treating everybody the same, um, but, um, not falling into that trap. Nice. And, and that's where, that's where the, I'm not responsible for your, ha- you're responsible for your own happiness comes from, which is basically, I'm here to support you. Uh, I'm here to, to listen to you. Um, but you can do it, you know, yeah. you're in charge of you, you can do it. And, uh, uh, you know, exactly. We're not, we don't want to do it for you because when, uh, when it comes for them to do it by themselves, they feel helpless and you don't want that. Right. Yeah. And I think if we were to take two words away from today's conversation, it would be aware and intentional. Um, I think that would be excellent for getting girls prepped. So Gab, we're at that time in the Ah. podcast where we're ready for your great recap. (laughs) 
great. I'm just writing aware. Okay, we'll start with aware and intention. Those are the words. <laughs> Those are the words of, of this podcast. Um, all right, so why do families send their daughters to an all-girls summer camp? Um, role models that do all the tasks on camp so they can see themselves in many different roles. Uh, free to be self, not very much pressure, uh, a sense of perhaps uh, security, but ne- not necessarily a valid sense of security, um, but also just a place where girls can try new things and feel like nobody's or very little people are, are, are judging them. Um, things that we should talk about during our staff training we have a really beautiful um, list here. Bullying, positive girl community, girls' night um, in free play, uh, build each other up, participate, and, um, yeah, uh, participate, not, not spectators. I'm going to tell you exactly what this looks like <laughs> to me. Participate and uh, not be spectators. To me, it's written hot spectators, and I was like, <laughs> this is rude. <laughs> With the topic that we're talking about, I was like, oh gosh, mate, retreat. All right, so we want our girls to be more participators and not spectators. Uh, <laughs> um, let's, let's shift the negative talk, internal and external, healthy food talk, um, give them um, choices in life, and we want them to be uh, confident and joyful, but also give them intentional programs to help them build that. Uh, things that we say and do that can help uh, create a positive community are uh, I can't yet. Uh, teach them how to shake hands. Um, create girl-friendly games that inspire them to participate. Raccoon circle in- inclusion um, activities. Um, how do you take, um, ask them how do you take feedback? Uh, what do you look like when you're stressed? Put on, put on your own oxygen mask. That's the first thing you should do. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I just wrote there. Give them the words. <laughs> Give them the words. Bossy versus lead, uh, leaders. Um, yeah, we are women, not girls. Once you pass a certain age, uh, girl circles are amazing. You're responsible for your own help, ha- uh, happiness, but I'm here to help you um, and uh, also try to promote um, a positive girl interaction, such as inclusion and self-esteem. Excellent. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, we'd love you to get involved in Camp Hacker, uh, our podcast here at Camp Code. So um, you can get involved in a number of ways. You can join us using the hashtag Camp Code. You can let us know what topics you'd like us to discuss or what guests you recommend we talk to. We'd also love to share any great leadership training tips that you have. Um, we would love to hear from you. We are all about sharing in this industry, and it's one of my favorite parts of camping. And also, if you found this podcast to be useful, we would love for you to search for Camp Code, so that's two words, Camp Code, on iTunes, and leave us a rating. Uh, we really appreciate hearing from you, and your feedback just helps the show to keep going. So here's how you can contact us if you'd like to contact us individually. Ruby? Sure. So you can email me at ruby at greenriverpreserve.org. I'm also on Twitter uh, as rubylin 85 Thanks. Yep. You can check out where I work at uh, waro.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail. Um, and you can email me at gabs at waro.com. And you can find me. Our website is camphacker.tv. You can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv or use the hashtag camphacker. Ruby, why don't you tell us what we're doing for our next podcast? 
Sure. For our next podcast, we're really excited to be interviewing Dr. G. Uh, Deborah Gilboa, she's a doctor, aka Dr. G, <laughs> is a parenting expert. She's also a family physician, international speaker, author, media expert, and the mom of four boys. Uh, she developed what is called the three R's of parenting to empower parents to raise respectful, responsible, and resilient kids, uh, and is now working a lot with camping professionals to help us empower our campers and staff. I receive her periodic newsletter, and I can't remember the exact title of it, but it's something like, kids aren't doing what you want yet? Click here. (laughs) Uh, So she has some great insights, and we're really looking forward to talking with her further. Yes, we're very excited. Um, Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or effective tips, so you can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. But for this week, Gabrielle is going to share one of her best practices. Uh, so one of my best practices came from um, from somebody named Kristen Conley. She was my CIT director when many years ago, and um, I you know loved camp. I thought camp was amazing, and I also just thought camp just happened, and, and that's what happens with the CIT program. You start seeing the behind the scenes. But one of the things that she did whenever she taught us something. Um, she would say, this information came from so-and-so. Uh, this song uh, was made famous at camp by this person. Uh, and she, she constantly credited um, the, peop- the information where and, and where the information came from. She has a, quite an academic background. I think she has a couple, I don't know what she has, but she's smart. And she has a lot of, a lot of, she writes a lot of papers. She's very good at it. But I, I think that there's sort of a sense of professionalism that came from um, crediting, uh, you know, the people that influenced her. And, uh, as a camp person, I think sometimes what happens is that we learn a lot of tools and tricks from other people, from conferences. We read books, um, you know, about, you know, important information and then we teach it. It's not that we're, we're swiping other people's ideas. It's just that, that we're just teaching it sort of maybe verbally, but I think it's very important to credit, um, individuals uh, where, where you got your information, if you can, and if you can't, you can just say, I heard it from, I can't remember exactly who. But this also tells us that you've done your research, um, that there's another world outside of your immediate organization that's supporting that organization. And uh, what Ruby had mentioned earlier, which was basically a healthy, healthy competition. Competition's not bad. But if somebody does something well, you want to you honor that. And, and to teach uh, women to do that, I think, is... Is very important to say this person came up with this idea and I'm I'm using it. Um, so uh, so I would like to say thank you to Christine Conley for teaching that to me when I was 16. Great, mm-hmm. share the cool. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, folks. That we're nearing the end of this podcast, so don't forget to join us on the hashtag Camp Code. And thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus. 